2: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphries, Jim Woodward with you on a Thursday. That's right, we went ahead and scrapped our PGA preview this week for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is the Mexico Open. There is only one player really of relevance playing in the Mexico Open. That is John Rahm. So we will maybe touch on that a little bit before we get out of here. But the main reason, the Big 12 Championships finishing up late yesterday afternoon at Whispering Pines in Trinity, Texas. The Oklahoma Sooners coming out two shots clear of Oklahoma State. And Texas, who actually led this thing by multiple shots with three, four holes to go, just implode late in the back nine. Texas ends up finishing solo third after blowing the late lead. It is crazy how two years in a row we've had this Big 12 championship come down to the 18th hole on the final day, and the team who played that 18th hole the best walks away with a trophy. Sam, yesterday, that was the Oklahoma
1: Sooners. Hey, we couldn't tell on golf stat – Colby that like Logan McAllister hit a water ball on 16 you know makes a 10 footer for bogey Vinny misses the green in regulation on 17 chunks his chip and makes the eight footer for bogey um you Vin- know Vinny's Patrick Welch by the way yeah, for anybody exactly. who's new to the program Ex- exactly Patrick Welch then you know makes the 50 footer for par save on 18 you know what I'm saying is people didn't realize as they were watching it how much OU was also reeling as well. And I think my overall takeaway is the fact that all three of these teams had a chance to win. You mentioned Texas faltered down the stretch. So did OSU. I mean, Brian Stark oh, yeah. with the triple on 18. I was I, more
2: just referencing Texas having the late lead. <laughs> right. Oklahoma State really only led for about two or three holes in the middle of the round. But all three teams led at one point or another yesterday.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my overall point is, you know, OU is just more clutch than those teams coming down the stretch, and they made the saves they needed to make on 16, 17, and 18.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Woody, I want to come to you because you're the one guy on this show who has played Whispering Pines, and I want to know, I mean, what was it the final day pressure Or are the final four to five holes at Whispering Pines just a brute? Because I I think maybe it's more pressure-bust pipes than anything, but I would imagine that's still a tough closing stretch. Walk us through that closing stretch, which all three schools were really having to fight yesterday. I mean, at one point, Oklahoma pushed it to 20-under. They end up winning the tournament at 14-under. So those last four to five holes was more about hanging on for dear life than trying to extend any leads or make birdies. Well, it, it, it's funny you could say that because I knew I knew watching those scores that they had those
0: tough holes coming down the stretch. I didn't know if there was any win. But, the uh, I mean, you can really start on the back nine about the 13th hole. It, it is it is about a – for those kids that they, that where they were playing it from, it might be pushing 500-yard par four uh, with Lake Livingston all the way down the left side. Uh, just a brutal par four. Then you get this that hole we talked about fourteen, where you can go for the green, you can lay up out to the right. There's just a multitude of ways to play the hole. But when you're talking the last four, what's funny about them is there's two par threes back to back. Fifteen and sixteen are back to back par threes, which is unusual. You know, you just don't see that in many golf courses. Fifteen is like an island green. Uh, it's not a real long shot, but it's it'll it'll pucker you i'll promise you guys it, it'll make your your, your spencer get a little tight because <laughs> and if there's no wind it is really a fun little golf shot so then you go to 16 which is just a long par three but it's got water in front of the drain so if you miss hit it um it, obviously Logan M- McAllister did that he hit it, they didn't hit it good and he ends up in the water and makes a heck of a bogey um 17 is a par 5. It's probably the weakest of the last finishing holes. It's, it's not a killer par 5. It's, it's got room off the tee. You really shouldn't hit it in trouble off the tee. Now, a lot of these guys might go for the green in two, which I I never was that long. But it's probably the easiest of those four finishing holes. 18. Oh, my. 18. I'll just tell you one funny story. I mean, I played it numerous times, but I was playing with uh, Greg Lynn, the coach of the ladies' Oklahoma Christian College girls team. We were partners in this tournament we were playing. Our low ball with his stroke on that hole was seven. Wow. <laughs> <So> I, <mean. laughs> I made an eight I made an eight on the hole. It could be done so quickly. The tee shot is really demanding. If you hit it any left, there's bunkers and trees. Now you, you've got to lay up. If you do hit a good tee shot, the most important thing about the hole, I don't know if you guys seen any video on that hole at all, but that pin will be up at the front right off a false front. Anything that doesn't get by the pin will come back off the green and go down in the water and you can stay there for a while trying to finish that hole. So
1: I do know that the, the pin was ran, back back left Woody on 18. Was it back left? Yes. They gave
0: him a little bit of a break
1: putting the pin back left cuz usually they'll try to stick it right up on that right
0: at the front of that green right by that false front where um you know, even the back left pin, which I think is one of the easiest pins on that green, it still sounds like they fought it hard yesterday on that hole. But uh, it's like I told you guys, if you ever get the chance, um, Chris Rowe, like I told you, is the head pro down there, runs the place. He is an OU fan. Oh, my God. The boy just just sooner, sooner, sooner. So he had to be really fired up yesterday. I sent him a text with three holes to go, and I said, can you, can you Sooner pull this off? He goes, never doubt. Sooner magic. <laughs> and he was right. I mean, he, he called it. So, uh, brutal golf course. Fair golf course. Um, they the best team won yesterday. It's like you said, Sam. They played down the down the stretch. They made the clutch shots they had to. Made the putts they had to. So, uh, congratulations to Coach Hipple and the OU Sooners. They played really, really good golf. Well, it sounds like it was a, a really good championship golf course, guys. I think we should go back on the Golf Channel recap coverage and see what it looked like. I'm just joking there because, obviously, we weren't <laughs> able to watch it. I think we were just a little forward last year, guys, getting up to <laughs> go up to Prairie and watch such a good good championship. Really wish we were there this year. And, you know, guys, it seems like the takeaway I'm, I'm getting from these Big 12 championships is, besides the uh, individual championship where it uh, A. Abert from Texas Tech won, it's like why don't we just take OU, OSU, and Texas, and just play the last two holes and then see what the best is there and see who wins because <laughs> yeah. that's basically what it comes down to. And you know, so guys, I look at how the three the three big dog teams played the last three uh, last two holes. You look at OU; they played it from the five guys; they played the last two combined one under. You look at OSU; they played the last two holes uh, combined two over. And you look at Texas, and they played the last two holes combined five over. So, I think that when you look at that, guys, with how they finished, I think that's a clear indicator that uh, not only I agree with Woody, I think the best team won, but at the end of the day, guys, the most clutch team won. And Mm -hmm. I think that's not only something that's going to help OU whenever it comes to definitely – obviously, this is their sixth win of the year now, so they're on one of the most impressive runs we've seen from a a college team. And, and Colby, you may know the answer to this. How many team events did – did the Hoblin-Wolf team win um, a
2: couple years ago? Oh, team events off the top of my head. I don't actually know the answer to that. I was looking uh, at scores from last year at Prairie Dunes just to kind of compare and contrast how close it was late. So last year, Oklahoma State wins at Prairie Dunes. It comes down to the 18th hole. Actually, the the scoring was a hair tougher at Prairie last year. This year it was uh, 14 under won it. Last year, 9 over par at Prairie Dunes, was the winner for Oklahoma State. So Prairie played very difficult last year. OU was one back at 10 over, and Texas was one back at 11 over. So this year we had three teams within three shots of each other, and it still wasn't quite as close as the 2021 version at Prairie Dunes. And and Sam, I think that that just kind of speaks to the the high level of golf played in this conference. Right. If you want to win the Big 12, you, you don't get to have bad back nines. You you don't get to make triples at 18 like we saw last year with Pearson Cootie at Prairie Dunes that cost them three shots. They lose by two. This year, Brian Stark makes triple on 18 at Whispering Pines, uh, which I know Woody, you said, is a very difficult hole. But still, you make triple on right. 18, you, you, you lose yeah. by two. Those are mistakes that maybe in some other conferences you're allowed to make. Right. You, you don't get to make those mistakes and hoist trophies in the Big 12,
1: Sam. 100%. And you know who didn't make any mistakes yesterday was Ludwig Aberg, who won it individually oh, for so Texas good. Tech. Bogey-free yeah. final round 69. That was super clutch by him. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say on OU is the fact that OU seems like they're the most talented team in the country. And I'm going to ask Hibble about this, but they're playing – with house money. It's like they're the most talented team, but they think they're underdogs. You know, I don't know how Hibble has gotten these guys to play like that, but he has. Um, And for you OSU fans out there, it's not all bad news for you guys. I mean, Bo Jin, the key to success for Oklahoma state. I know it didn't work this week, But Bo Jin is the key to success for Oklahoma State, and he finished top on the uh, OSU team this week. He finished tied for third, 72-71-68 as the five-bag. So that's really good news headed in uh, to regionals. Amon Gupta had a really good tournament, finished fifth you know, Chikara finished tied for sixth, and he had a kind of a quiet right. week for him. Um, yeah, and did, then, did,
2: didn't break 70 once, Eugenio didn't. And, right. still, and still finished T6. Right, so.
1: exactly. And then I want to talk about Brian Stark and Baumgarner. Brian Stark had a solid round going yesterday until he tripled 18 like we talked about. If he doesn't do that, if he makes par on 18, OSU wins the Big 12 championship, and we're having a totally different discussion right now. And Baumgartner... Although he only shot even par on the final round, guys, I mean – he was taking it deep on that front nine and then he, faltered he was, a little bit. He was
2: five under through 11. He had a hole-out eagle at number six. He was five under through 11. They end up not counting his score after he plays uh, holes 12 through 17 and five over to give them all I back. St-
1: I still think it was a hell of a move by Alan Bratton, though. Oh, I do, I do, too.
2: I do, too. 77-77 from Rasmus Neergaard-Peterson the first couple of days. Uh, Taylor Beau Jin. we've talked about him. Is he just a postseason guy? I mean, T3 at the Big Twelves this year, he was top three at the Big Twelves. Last year before he went on... uh, To be top three at individual medalist at Greyhawk, maybe this guy's just a postseason player.
0: Yeah, you know, guys, we've talked about this before, and this is just something that does not get highlighted enough. It's just that certain people play better at certain times of the year. It doesn't matter if it's twenty ten or twenty twenty two or twenty forty two. It's if it's if it's April, May, June. There's certain players just play better, and I think Bojan. It's gonna be one of those guys, you know. He, he finished third. He finished third this week, T three. I mean, so that's definitely like Sam mentioned, gonna be help OSU success. But also, you know, guys, we've talked numerous times about you just gotta be able to be able to put four for sure guys out there, and hopefully you have a fifth who's gonna be able to bail you out if one of those uh, top four guys doesn't do good. And I'm a little bit worried about OSU right now, guys. I mean, they're with uh, when you got two 77, 77, your first two days, and you got to throw out an alternate, even though he was garner on the final round, 500 through 11, like you guys mentioned, still only ended up shooting even. You know, if he just plays those last few holes at a couple over, the guy still win the tournament. So a lot of things really went wrong for OSU coming down the stretch. Definitely, like I mentioned earlier with the OU, there's that clutch factor, guys, and OSU definitely had a little bit of that. It's the old, go back to the old C. Smith quote, like you use losings like cigarettes. It stays on you whether you know it or not. <laughs> Unfortunately, OSU's got a little bit of that going right now. Um, you know, guys, I don't know exactly when we're going to get the regional stock announced. It should be within the next couple of days. It'll be we Wednesday, Taylor.
2: It'll be Wednesday afternoon, uh, three o'clock Central Time on Golf Channel, College Central.
0: Okay, so so six, so about six days from whenever we're recording now. So that'll be. Very, very interesting. Now, and, Colby, have they, have they announced if uh, if that Alabama site is going to be moved to Arkansas or uh, where that's going to be at?
2: I don't believe it's been announced where it's going to be moved yet. We know it's going to be moved due to course conditions, but the uh, final word on where they're moving, it hasn't been that, that determination hasn't been made, or at least it hasn't been made public.
0: So we, we, we'll hey. we we'll be on the lookout for that, and we'll see. Obviously, where these state schools go with OU being clear-cut number one team in the country, they should have their picking. So based off of what we were talking about on the radio show, couple weeks ago it looks like probably college station probably the, the best bet there may end up going somewhere else now where osu and texas go also be interesting as well but i don't know guys i mean y'all can take it from here maybe sam can go into this i don't know it's just i'm worried about OSU's stretch of i mean you they got so much uncertainty there at that five spot and i know now it's a little bit easier because we can take alternates and we can swap going out there playing bad but i also just think guys that it puts a lot of pressure on that five man because not only do you know that your place can get taken, but you also have a lot of pressure on you because you expect everyone else to do well as well. So I don't know, guys. I'm a little bit worried about LSU. Yeah, I don't know. What do hey, you? Hey, I got a, Yeah, go I, ahead. I got go a ahead. question. I've got a question for you guys. Now this shows you I'm. I I don't pay attention a lot, but when did this? When did this deal come about where you could take an alternate and and you could just it's run? Yeah. Uh, so this it's was the, when the, uh, it's the Hosper rule. Right. It's uh, uh, back okay. in a few years ago. Hospital when somebody up. got sick. When he got yeah, sick. playing for yeah. Texas got in, hurt. The, in the finals, oh, he and he hurt. ended up getting okay. hurt, and then yeah. he had to uh, Texas only had to play the final match with four players, right? So, and he was like putting out of eight
1: He was like putting out of bunkers and stuff, and and had to play, yeah. you know. And it was yeah. it was a bad situation, and it
0: was a bad. Um, they they changed they, can, they changed they the rule the next year. Yes, they. But they, they can run one in if a guy's not playing good. Yes, he, he doesn't have to be hurt or anything. Correct. Right.
1: And 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 if you oh, sub man. a guy in in the second round, you can sub him out and sub someone else in in the in the third round. Not someone else. It has to be uh, one of that alternate. Do you know? not?
2: Do you not like that, um, Woody? I I kind of like uh, it because it, it's Jeez. an extra. But for me, it's an extra domino and it's an extra <laughs> puzzle piece for the coach to move around. And I kind of like that strategic element of it. Oh, strategic, my butt. What it tells me is everybody's getting weak. It's
0: a bunch, of, a bunch of puss. I mean, gee whiz, that's just ridiculous. Where a guy can go, well, he's not playing good, so I'm going to run somebody else in. Suck it up and play better. I don't like that rule one bit. Now, if the guy gets hurt, I'm with you, Tyler. That's cool, but strategic, suck <laughs> No, on that. Hey, hey, you take five guys, and if one of them plays like crap, then he's got to play better or you lose. Come on, alternate. <laughs> Uh, good Lord, I'm, I wish you guys hadn't even told me this story. That
1: was <laughs> me so much. Oh, oh my! That is hilarious. Colby, Killing me with that one, colby and Woody. <laughs> okay. I got- I'm-
0: I'm I'm got done, a question.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> I got a question for Colby and Woody real quick because they're the OSU guys um, of the podcast. I got a text from Quaid Cummins, and we were talking about a lot of stuff, but you know, at the end of the text, he kind of just said, I just want OU and OSU to be looked at the same, and that's something that'll take decades, but you have to start somewhere. Do you guys think that OU and OSU will ever be looked at the same? as far as golf
2: i don't know woody i mean OU's made some serious strides i think in this state people realize that that those programs now are on even footing obviously the history is different but i totally agree uh, with but, that and, and maybe nationally it's different i don't know right but in the state of oklahoma woody i feel like OU's getting a lot of that respect and Most i mean definitely. right right now they're the best team in the country six wins this year what do you I- think woody I got to give I, – I give all the credit in the world to Hibble. He
0: has done a phenomenal job down there at OU. I mean – and I, I always look at it funny. Colby could kind of relate. Is We always talk about, will OSU ever be as good as OU in football? Well, you know what? No. Nope. <laughs> Let's <just call> it, <laughs> and, and and if you if you get down to Norman ever and you go into this room called the Santee Center, and you look around at all the trophies and all the Heisman's and everything else, uh, Boone Pickens or anybody else can throw money until the cows come home. You can't build a tradition like that. OU has what two national titles in golf? Yes, yes. Or do they have I three? believe so. Yes. No, yeah, two, okay, two. Yeah. They've got two. Uh, uh, they've, they've won some Big 12s, uh, you know, but have you ever been to Carson Creek and gone into that little room that we have? Uh, the equivalent of a uh, Heisman is the Haskin Award, you know, right. or the Byron Nelson Award. And there's a bunch of them in that room. So do I give OU credit for where they are and what they're doing with their golf? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I do. But let's go back and let's look at tradition when OU and they and now let me tell you something, their football players and their football team will throw this same crap at us, OSU poor bastards that we are. Pardon my French. Um, you know what? They they're going to throw it all they want, but still, the bottom line is if you go back with tradition, they got a lot of catching up to do. to Be what OSU's been. That's that's be it. Now are they doing great? Yeah, I'm proud of, of both schools. They're both really good, but they haven't caught OSU as far as tradition goes. I I'm still would- a little dyed in the orange.
1: I would agree with that, Woody. But recently, probably over the past decade, um, I I would say that they have been looked at the same just as far as um, the younger guys. And and because, you know, we weren't even alive for a lot of the success that OSU had. So just as far as recruits coming in, they just see the success that OU has had over the past 10 years. And I thought um, Eddie Radosovich, our guy, um, you know, one of our good friends from local media in Oklahoma City, he, he put it really good on Twitter as far as Hibble goes. He goes... This year, they've they they won, they've won, five, uh, won five times this year, tying a school record. Um, they were the number one team in the country most of the year. They won the Big 12 title, and they lost three All-Americans last year, Colby. Three yeah. All-Americans. I mean, he's got to be coach of the year, right? Yeah, I don't see how he's not. And by the way, I think this is a perfect time. To talk to Coach Hibble. why not? Coach Hibble,
2: doing great things down at the University of Oklahoma. We appreciate you joining us here on the seventy-third hole. How you
3: doing this morning, Coach? Man, we're doing great. Doing great after a, after a great uh, day yesterday and a and a good night. Uh, couldn't be better. It's always nice. I bet you sleep a little bit better
2: with a trophy by your side. Now, it's Coach, we didn't. We weren't there. We didn't have the coverage. I want you to set the scene for us a little bit, kind of the closing stretch of yesterday's round. We're all watching it on golf stat from the state of Oklahoma, so we're just refresh, 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 but we don't have the images. We can't put it there. We can't see that those final four to five holes, everybody was kind of limping into the house, and it was a matter of who was going to be able to make one or two birdies or pars late. That ended up being your guys, but how stressful was that last kind of hour to hour and a half of the golf tournament when you guys, Oklahoma State and Texas, all three had chances to win?
3: I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster for everyone involved, uh, no doubt about it. I hate that the television wasn't there to be able to capture what was going on. I mean, Whispering Pines, the final, uh, honestly, starting on about number 12, uh, pretty easy par five, working all, all the way around to number 18 is is a great finish. And the wind kind of switched on us uh, right as we got to 11-12 to where the, the tougher holes coming in were going to be into the breeze. And that's why you saw some of the numbers, you know, skyrocket, um, because there's a lot of trouble. It's right on the river. And, you know, it's just it's just one of those types of golf courses that has a great finish to it. And, uh, you know, from our standpoint, we were playing – we played one of the better front nines that, that we can play. I mean, we just got off to a hot start. You guys saw that. We were making birdies left and right. Guys were on, on fire golf course was playing pretty easy, not very much wind. And, uh, you know, then whenever the wind kind of switched around on the harder holes, we didn't handle it very well. We hit a couple of four shots, uh, just didn't do some things uh, properly. But it was all said and done, man, uh, you talk about some crazy stress and, and pressure coming down the stretch. 18 is probably the hardest hole out there. And uh, Patrick Welch, who was our first guy out, got himself in a tough spot. Uh, long and left of the green, he had a five iron in just and just tugged the you know just just really tugged it. Uh, so we kind of had to hit a, a pitch shot just to get it on the surface, and he makes about a fifty footer for par. And that kind of got you know set the stage for for our guys coming down the stretch. Uh, right behind him, Logan McAllister absolutely bombed the drive. He's got one seventy one, and and if you if you don't uh, you know cover probably. I don't know, the flag was on about 10, and and at about the 8 number, it, it rolls back into the water, and he hits an 8-iron in there about 3 feet. And just incredible stuff. Uh, Drew Goodman, birdie's number 17, and he gets a phenomenal break on number 18, maybe the break of the, of the week. Uh, his second shot didn't end up going in the water, which it saved us a shot. And, uh, you know, Chris got her up, just played 18 like a monster. He hit a drive out there, only had 155 in, which makes that hole very, very easy from there. So, that being said, I know I just kind of said a bunch right there, but it was, it was crazy because we were super up, and and then at one point you're sitting there looking, oh my goodness, are we gonna even have a chance to win this thing? And then we got a little bit of help, from Texas, and uh, you know Oklahoma State did a really nice job of, of getting in the house and, and posting the score. And thankfully, I mean, I would say this, our guys did a great job on the front nine to, to allow us to. You know, stub our toe a little bit coming down the stretch and and thankfully
1: we got the job done. Coach, I think you have to be considered probably the coach of the year so far this year. After losing three All Americans um, and then tying a school record in wins, plus this Big Twelve championship, Coach, how do you have the most talented team probably in the country playing like, like they're playing with house money? Coach, I mean these guys are playing like underdogs, but I'm looking at Logan McAllister, Chris Goderup, all the guys out there, and they look like they're you know they're talented, but they're playing with house money.
3: Well, I mean. I think that that's you know part of our mission, who we are as a program. Well, we like being we like being the underdog. I mean, I don't I don't care what kind of ranking you put on us. Uh, we we try and play with a little bit of chip on our shoulder, and and uh, that'll that'll never go away. Um, we 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 know that we have to go earn every single um, you know shot every time we go out and play, and nobody's going to give us anything. So, and and no more proof of that yesterday. You you know our guys are making the turn. They're seeing that board at 20 under par, thinking we're about to just go, you know, run away with the golf tournament. I think we probably learned as much yesterday afternoon uh, as as maybe we have all year long. So I'm really looking forward to kind of, you know, diving in with the guys this next week and and trying to understand, you know, how we can get better in certain spots. I mean, we we certainly were were tight uh, in areas, you know, and that's to be expected. I mean, just because we've got good players, I mean, Logan McAllister hasn't won a championship. Uh, this is his first one. Chris Goddorup hadn't won a championship. Uh, Drew Goodman is a true freshman, and he, he did some things that most true freshmen do coming down the stretch, and, and we're going to get better from that, you know. So there's just a lot of great opportunities with our guys. Uh, I love, you know, you talk about talent. I mean, talent is what it is. I mean, I like, you know, where our guys are at talent-wise, but, but more importantly, I think uh, we talked about this the night before, that, you know, we had, we've all earned each other's trust, and uh, so, so, at the end of the day, there's no, no reason to, to worry about anything because um, you know that your boys are, are going to be there for you, you know. And, and, and that, to me, that's the culmination of our, over a full year's worth of work. And, and uh, you know, it worked out for us yesterday. Sometimes, I mean, last year, just paint this picture for for you. Last year, it's the same three teams coming on the stretch of Prairie Dunes. And a guy like Logan McAllister makes a double bogey on the last hole for Prairie Dunes, and we lose the Big 12 championship this year he stuffed an eight iron from one seventy one, and we win it. And we win a uh, Big Twelve championship. I mean, think about That's think beautiful. about that—the growth and and just how awesome of a story that is. Hey, Coach, I was I was telling uh
0: Colby and Sam I've actually got to play that Whispering Pines a number of times. Uh, you you said it best. The front nine is where you can get it a little bit. Uh, the back nine gets really scary. The thirteenth and fourteenth total. I was curious how. How were you? How'd you tell your guys, especially to play that fourteenth hole? Were they were they going at the green, or were they going out to the left or the right of that big pine tree? And uh, I hate that people don't know what I'm talking about because it's it's probably one of the shortest par fours, but one of the toughest par fours. How did your guys
3: play that hole? Well, through, uh, the first two rounds, Woody, it was a very easy hole because the wind was was helping, so everybody yeah. was just ripping driver and the ball was either getting on the front part of the green. I mean, I mean, heck, her uh, up almost made a hole in one in the first round, makes a two. Wow. I mean, you know, the, the hole was playing a lot easier based on the wind. Yesterday, southwest wind pops up literally as we're rolling through number 10-11. Wow. And so by the time we get over to 14, it's in your chops off the left, which <laughs> you know may, makes that shot really, really dicey. So, really dicey. Um. You know, we we hit a couple poor drives there. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, and uh, you know, one of them cost us big time. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's just one of those holes that you you've got to step up there. I mean, you can certainly lay up out of the right,
0: right, right.
3: But in today's world, I hate to say it, a lot of times our guys feel way more confident with that big old driver down there than they do anything else. <laughs> well, I figured
0: that's the way they would play it, but I had to ask you because I was just curious. So that means fifteen was
3: back into the wind.
0: That fifteen. Part three.
3: 15 and 16, and and, wow. and 17. Wow. 17 wow. was equally as hard as, as any hole out there. That's why Drew Goodman's birdie was so big. Uh, Chris, he made par, but he but he missed about a five-footer. Uh, so that means he played it really well. And, and, yeah, so you're talking about basically, you know, 14, 15, 16,
4: 17,
3: just <laughs> busting bust you up. And you, you can tell by the scores, right? I mean, you guys yeah. are going, what is going on there? Yeah. Well, that's. That's team golf number one. Every, you know, I know the the, the general fan kind of likes to think of it like a basketball game where it's like, oh my gosh, we're up, we're gonna win. You guys know, I mean, in, in golf, this deal, I mean, it, it can flip on you in one hole, yeah. and and it basically did. I mean, I, I want to say Drew uh, on fourteen, he makes triple, and the Texas kids makes a birdie. I mean, that's a four-shot point. Because <laughs> we were counting all those, and they were counting his. So uh, it's just amazing. I mean, that, that's one of the cool things about college golf. Uh, so.
2: Yeah, absolutely yeah. it is. And that's great context with the course conditions coming into the wind on the way down. Coach, I'm curious. There's been a, a years-long battle for supremacy in the Big 12. You guys, Oklahoma State and Texas, we all think it's the best golf conference in the country, and we love the Big 12 championship every year because it's so close. D- does it give you – any deeper satisfaction winning that tournament yesterday in such close fashion after the heartbreak at Prairie Dunes last year? Is there extra satisfaction because it came over what what would probably be considered your two rivals with Oklahoma State and Texas?
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, let me tell you, it's, uh, that tournament, and we, you know, we got cut down another 18 holes. It was supposed to be a 72-hole championship. We have the, the best conference championship in the country because we play 72 holes on elite golf courses throughout throughout our country so we're super thankful we know how great our conference is uh in probably the last 10 years there's no doubt in my mind we've been the best golf men's golf conference in the country Uh, i mean just heavyweights you know every single year and i mean our guys know that that uh, i mean we talked about it since the big 12 championship has been around whenever the conference actually moved into the big 12 from the big eight there's only been three Oklahoma teams that have, have won that that sucker. That was in 06, and that was the 18 team, and then this 22 team. So there's only been 15 guys that have been able to feel what we just felt, you know, in our program history of, of the Big 12. And it's just – it's a tough, tough championship to win. So, I mean, arguably you could sit there and go, our, our conference championship is as difficult to, to win as a national championship. I, I've done – I've been fortunate to do both, and I'm telling you guys – it is that difficult. And a uh, real quick story. In 17, after we won uh, the national championship at Rich Harvest, I had a, uh, a golf writer from the USA Today call me. And, he, and he's like, Coach, you know, explain to me how you finished fifth at your conference championship and then you come over here and, and win the national championship. And I And I had to go into a history lesson with this guy to help him understand, like, what our conference means. We finished fifth that year. But we were still one of the top teams in the country, and we knew that we were good enough to be able to go win a national championship. That's just how good our conference is, you know?
1: A hundred percent, Coach. One more and we'll let you get out of here. Um, we talked a lot – over the years, over the past couple of years of doing this, about how to reward uh, top teams in college golf for having such great seasons. And I'll ask you kind of a two-part question here. Do you think that the number one seed should be able to pick their regional, and do you think that teams should be able to host regionals at their home course?
3: Good question, Sam. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for years, about basically kind of playing in like you do in baseball and softball playing into your regionals. And I think there's actually a really simple way to do it. You basically submit a bid at the beginning of the year and and golf courses hold that spot. And let's call it an arbitrary date like April 1st, based on where you are in the seedings, you know that you're going to be hosting or not. So it might not make it all the way through the conference championship because that's so late in the game, but you pick some type of date. And I think that there's a lot of us that are in favor of doing that just because, you know, I mean, like last year, we get sent to Albuquerque. We're the number one seed in the country. Um, I didn't get any phone call from anybody asking where, where our preference would be. And, you know, we go out to Albuquerque where New Mexico's a five seed and you know, blah. you know, you kinda go down through the through the list and there's no excuses, it's just it is what it is and and you can you can be in a tough spot, right? So if you have kind of played your way into being one of those top seeds, absolutely. I think that you should at least have the opportunity to host. It doesn't it doesn't really mean that you're go- going to some people's golf courses aren't suited uh, to be able to host maybe it's because they're private or whatever the, the, the case may be. But I'm in, I'm in favor for sure of playing the host. And um, you know, it's just regionals is, is an, is a week that is super stressful. You know that Sam and, yep. and uh, it doesn't matter if you're hosting or not, if you have a great team or not, it's it's still a stressful week and, and to just try and maintain in, in your routine and make sure the guys understand that uh, you know nobody's going to hand that that uh, national championship bid to you. So you still got to go play some phenomenal golf.
2: Absolutely, coach. Uh, couldn't be happier for you and your squad. Regionals and nationals coming up. We know you're a busy guy. We appreciate you taking some time and uh, look forward to following you the rest of the season. All right, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks,
1: coach. Have a good one. Appreciate it, coach. See you.
2: I was head coach of the University of Oklahoma, Ryan Hibble, joining us here on the 73rd hole, coming off the big win yesterday at Whispering Pines, the Big 12 champion, Oklahoma Sooners, the second time they've done it under Coach Hibble, the other time in 2018 at Southern Hills. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side. We will finish our recap of the Big 12 championships from Texas yesterday, then we'll dive just a little bit into some Phil Mickelson conversation, uh, throw out our picks for the Mexico Open, and then we'll get you out of here on a Thursday. Everybody stay with us on the 73rd Third Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
4: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right, so it will give you the years of service security and protection you need from the unpredictable oklahoma weather mccray roofing offers residential and commercial roofing ventilation services and custom copper designs mccray roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations it's not just a roof it is your home's crowning glory call mccray roofing today at 405 that's 405 Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
2: We are back rolling along here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd Hole, Instagram 73rd Hole. Make sure you head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Make it your homepage. This time of year, how could it not be? Uh, NCAA women's regional sites were announced yesterday. Carston Creek, May 9th through 11th. Get up there and watch some great golf on the women's side as they were the final one seed uh, in that bracket. Men's regionals coming up next week. We've got national championships, PGA championship at Southern Hills. GolfOklahoma.org. You've Got to check it out. Big thanks to Coach Hibble. Great, great interview and uh, really has that program moving a great direction.
1: No doubt. What a great guy and coach of the year, in my opinion. I mean, if I had a son right now that was going to college and he was, you know, he would have to be like one of the top five ranked players Uh, in junior golf, right? But if he was, I would send him to Coach Hibble because there's no better in the business than him.
2: Yeah. And by the way, recruiting doesn't stop. Coach Bratton did not fly back to Stillwater from Houston last night. He hopped on a plane and uh, headed across the pond to do some recruiting. Did he really? He really did. Yes, he really did. So it it just, it never stops, guys. In college sports, college golf, athletics, the recruiting never stops. Taylor, uh, we were having a conversation earlier about OU, OSU, you know, even footing now, but history and tradition, all that stuff, how it all works together. And you pulled some things up for us. Uh, Fire away. So yeah, I was just thinking, you know, with the OU OSU football comparison, I was just kind of relating
0: that to, uh, to to football a little bit, like we're talking about the golf, and you know, it just made me think of, like for example, like Woody mentioned with the championships that thing, and you think about OSU's great golfer success, and the main thing you got to think about is just the amount of pros that OSU is putting out compared to OU, and you know, I, I think that this this OU team and the last couple that's going to change a little bit. Obviously, I think that the amount of tour players on this OSU or this OU team. Is very very high, especially when you consider Andrew Goodman's only a freshman. He's just going to keep getting better and better. But just look at the past success, guys. I mean, OU obviously they got Abe Anser, Michael Gellerman, uh, Max McGreevy, some of those other guys. But just list off the names of OSU. You know, I mean, you got Ricky Fowler, Alex Noren. Obviously, the legends like uh, Scott Burplank, Bob Tway, Charles Howe, Peter Yuleline. I mean, you just list off all these names, and I mean, even even Morgan Hoffman's coming back. So I mean, it's it's just I, I think that at the end and of the day, Taylor Good. Yeah. When OU and OS go ahead, don't forget Taylor Gooch. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the reason I didn't say that is I was looking at this damn Google list and they didn't have it on. They just wanted to say the, Sorry, Monco, the amount of disrespect don't. that TG does, it's, it's purely ridiculous the amount of disrespect that everyone has to TG. But yeah, so I think that when OU and OS, you get in this, again, a recruiting battle for the top player, you can just, like you said, just look at the trophy and, and go from there. But I will say that o- OU here Lately, guys, is adding a lot more trophies to that, and, and also want to shout out a, a former OU player, Mr. Brad Dalkey, made it through uh, section, or locals. Yes, sir. Austin, so he will be going to sectionals as well. So uh, you know, some big things coming from these OU players, like we're talking about. But when you just look at the overall success in the last twenty to thirty years or so, it's um, it definitely shows that it is in OSU's favor. Even though I think it is trending in the uh, in the favor of the seniors, just a little bit, even though OSU's still producing so many great players.
1: As far as PGA Tour pros, yes, but since 2007, they have the same amount of national championships, and I think that you could argue that in, you know, the past five to six years, OU has even had more success. Now, I know that OSU won the Big 12s last year, and, you know, they've both had great success. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of, we're, and we're, we're comparing
2: the two best programs in college golf <laughs> right. over the last six to eight years. Right. I mean, they absolutely right. have been. OU right. had the great teams with McGreevy and Dawkey and Hirschman and those guys. Oklahoma State had those great teams that had Hovland, Wolf, uh, Ventura, Boshu, all those guys on them. And now we've got these current teams, and either one of these can win the Big 12 championship. Uh, and,
1: and one more yeah, point yeah. that I was just going to bring up of, as far as PGA Tour players and t was – Mentioning that OSU has more right now, yes, but there's guys like Gellerman, McGreevy, Saxon, um, you know, Hirschman, like you said, that are all making their way to the PGA. Tour. They're all right on. They're that right next there. Tier. Like so, yeah. not even yeah. will these guys that you know, like Quade and um, Dalkey and Brightwell and guys like that that have been more recent. I think there's some older guys that you know, we'll have some su- success as well. And I mean, I think one of the favorites this week uh, in Mexico will be uh, Oklahoma sooner.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Abraham answer down dad. there at the Mexico open, but Woody, I, I want to get your take. You've been around the good game of golf a long, long time. We have coach Hebel on a few minutes ago. You, you hear him talk about his program. You hear the passion in his voice. What is it to you that makes a great college golf coach? Because, I mean, obviously, we've got two of the best in the country in this state, and the, the golf here is just so elite. And what Hibble's done to turn that program around and get it to where it is is really impeccable. What to you, Woody, makes an elite coach at that level? You know what?
0: what's kind of funny? When you guys were looking at those analogies, and I I I I'd love listening to you all. Like I said, you keep me young. Um one of the things that I think Hibble is really, really, really good at is maybe getting a four-star or a three-star and molding a team together where they think they're five-stars. I don't right. know if you understand no, that. No, I really, totally but, agree with but that. But he's unbelievable no, no, that, that. OSU always went off the mentality. I never forget when I was recruited way back when. Holder was such a... Man, what a hard ass he was. <laughs> and he got he he gets three recruits in the room, and it was a guy named Rod Knuckles, who's still around. You, Rod used to play some section in, in PGA. Great player. Good guy. A guy named Brett Harrison that was from uh, Beaumont, Texas, and me. We, we were the three freshmen he brings in. He sits down with us, and he goes, you know what? I recruited what I think the three best players I could find. One of you is going to fall in love. One of you is going to flunk out. One of you is going to become a player. And you know what, boys? I really don't give a damn which one of you is.
3: <laughs> and,
0: and I'm not lying, boys. That was a true story. That is a true story. He looked us all right in the face and told us he didn't care which one of us, one of you is going to turn out. Well, look at OSU and you'll see kind of what I'm saying. They've had superstars in the last, what you were talking about. Let's go from 2006 or whatever, 2010. Look at the names you guys just ripped off. They have superstars that don't always gel as a team, do they? Because if you look at the quality of the player
1: that they've had, I can't believe they haven't won more national titles than they have in the last year. They would have, Woody, if it wasn't for Holder changing it to match play. Well, I know that was
0: another story we could get into. We don't have enough time to beat up on Mike, okay? (laughs) Uh, You know, a lot of people will say he did that because he didn't want Mike McGraw to win more national titles than he'd won. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, all in all, the match play is not the best for picking a champion, but it's best for television. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? Absolutely. 100%. College, college yeah. golf 100%. coverage
2: since they switched to match play has just been so, so much better. And, and I think Greyhawk is a great golf course for it. I, it I really just is. I, cannot I, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for those tournaments to roll around. It's the most fun. But going back to what you were talking
0: about, I think Alan Bratton is a lot different than Mike Holder. I think he is a really good also motivator and builder of a team, but sometimes you can have too rich a talent. And I know that sounds stupid, but sometimes you can't. And you're you're leaving kids home that might think they should play and then they get kind of an attitude going and it can work through the team and don't think it can't. I've seen it happen. Um, that's why I believe Hibble is right now probably right there is the best college coach in America because I'm not saying those kids that are playing for OU aren't really, really, really good. Please don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that he he gets the most out of every guy he's got on his golf team, more so than anybody I've seen.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, Woody. I will say it'll be interesting to see the growth of OU, considering the fact that I think this is kind of the sweet spot right now where Hibble, you know, in his first 10 years was getting those three, four-star type guys um, and making them into a five-star team. Now he's going into the portal and getting those best transfers like a Chris Godterup and he's getting those top more top recruits. And so it'll be interesting to see once he starts getting those top recruits if he'll still be able to make them play like underdogs like he was able to do this year. And, and, is able and, and by the year. way, guys, we, we made Good a big point.
2: deal out of the Gotterup transfer last summer. We made a big deal out of it on the show. I don't think we made a big right. deal out of it. It <laughs> was, I mean, that that seriously. No, absolutely not. If he's You're right. if he's not there. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to throw names out. I don't want to talk down on any other players. They're all great players. But if Up's not there, you replace him with another guy who's not going to be playing at the level that he's playing at. He started this season oh. outside the top 60 of PGA Tour U. He's up to 11th. Started outside the top wow. 60. And that is the just, only reason why wow.
1: he was ranked that low was because of him being at Rutgers, yes, in exactly, my
2: exactly. Exactly. Well, he wasn't playing po- a right. ton of postseason golf, right, Right, where you accrue a lot of points. So, as big a deal as we made of that transfer, Taylor, I don't think it was enough, and you look at him and Logan McAllister, the two captains on that team, you talk about guys you trust to lead your team in match play, those are guys you trust, and then you just need another bag to come along. Look at last year at Greyhawk. Oklahoma, it was the same three guys in match play last year for Oklahoma, and it it was Logan, it was Quade, and it was Jonathan Brightwell. Yep, That's what you need in match play. In stroke play, you need four. In match play, you need three, and if you can count on up and McAllister at the top, then all of a sudden
1: you just need one more bag to come along for the ride. You, you do need three in match play. Yesterday, OU only had four, and they knew it after about six holes that you know, rough Campbell Jr. Campbell. was, was going to be the drop score on the day. Yeah. So it put that much more pressure on OU yesterday yeah. that they were playing four against five against OSU and Texas. And,
2: and Campbell played well Monday and Tuesday. 100%.
1: <laughs> it, it's nothing a against Campbell. Yesterday. Everyone has a drop score every once yeah. in a while. But, Golf's hard. <laughs> but the deal, the deal is when you look at golf stat and you're another player or coach and you're saying, man, we're playing Hoosiers right now, four on five.
2: Tyler, let me ask you about Texas because this is two years in a row now that Texas really – I mean, we could say should, shouldn't have won the golf tournament. Last year, they they seemed like they had it at Prairie Dunes. Pearson Cootie makes the triple on 17. Yesterday, with an hour of this golf tournament left, I think Texas had like a three-shot lead. It looked like they were going to kind of close the door at the end. I I don't know, man. Texas, they've got these high-level elite players. I don't know that they have the clutch gene and are able to close. This is two years in a row, Taylor, that Texas has kind of (laughs) petered away a Big 12 championship on the last four holes of the tournament. And, you know, what? as a Sooner fan, it's been really, really good to watch.
0: It really has <laughs> yeah. It's just magical. And just to soak up every minute of the Longhorns choking. You know, before, before uh, I finish up on, on Texas, I'll say this about Goddard up, you know, just a testament to Ryan Hibble and OU program. It, you know, Chris will probably be the first one to say that he's not the same player that he was a year ago, you know. So, I mean, yeah. what the amount of work that he's been able to put in with Hibble and at Jimmy Austin and all these great tournaments just goes to show the power of the program. It's even great players can come in and become world-class players. Like, um, like our man Country Club Collection said when we were down in Orlando, he thought he was going to be a top-ten player in the world at some point. You know what? He's probably right the more, that, the more that we keep seeing it. But going back to Texas, I completely agree. You look at it, guys, the last four holes, no one on their team made a birdie. I mean, it's the, I'm four out of the five birdied um, birdie 14. But you look at it, i talked about the last two holes, they played a five over. Well, if you look at the last four holes, they played that nine over. So I mean that is that's something that you have to be able to do better at, and you know I I don't know if it'll come to haunt them in the stroke play portion, guys, because they may be able to get so far ahead. But there are a lot of good teams, so it could hurt them there. But guys, that's gonna hurt the match play too, because you're gonna have even all you're gonna have all square one up, one down matches coming down the stretch, and if they're not able to make a few birdies to be able to get those matches back to even or be able to get them to two up. You're going, have, you're going to have some struggles, and they are also, too, not going to be able to trust your teammates because of, you know that they haven't been able to make the birdies come down the stretch. So it, I, I am a little bit worried about Texas. Like I said, as a Sooner fan, it's just been magical to watch. Really love every minute of it. But at the same time, <laughs> for, if you are a Texas fan, I am a little bit worried about this going forward. But, you know, guys, I will say this. You know, when we, we watched OSU win last year at Prairie, and we think, okay, well, they're looking the best. And then we see OU struggle. In regional, so you know, kind of going into it, it looks like OSU's the team to beat. Well, OU ends up making it further in the match play than OSU does. So it's you know, a lot of there things right now can be telling as to what will happen, but it's not a clear, clear blueprint as to how the next month of golf is going to go, guys. What do you, you guys think? Want, a yeah, you want a theory? Yeah, go ahead. a theory on Texas. Go ahead, I got a theory on Texas, whether it be their football team or whatever team they got, right? You ever been to Austin? Yep. It's a great town. It is a great town, but it's so liberal. I think there's too many professors down there. They're weak. <laughs> they're a bunch of weak. And they're weak, and I love it, too, guys. I think it's so funny. America's <laughs> very They fold like a cheap suit down the stretch whatever sport it is they're weak they're a bunch of weak ones that's my theory okay yeah there's a there's Woody's a little
2: tip get for you. i mean i mean texas definitely has some clutch problems in all sport they're definitely not the best closers in the world well, woody i want to ask you we've got the big three from the big 12 or the field who, who are you taking at uh, at the national championships if I give you the big three, OUSU and Texas, or I give you the field? That means you're getting Vanderbilt, Arizona State, North Carolina, Pepperdine, Washington, Florida, Florida, Florida yeah. Georgia Tech, Texas A&M. You, you want all those schools in the field, or do you want the big three from the big 12? Well, I don't want Texas. Can I have somebody else? Please give me somebody else. I love OU and OSU, but I don't want those
0: longhorns. They're pitiful. I can't trust them. They're no good, okay? So give me one other one, and I'll tell you that. No, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say this. It's going to be OU and OSU in the finals.
1: Oh. I hope they're not on the same side of the bracket. Boy, I hope you're right. Well, that's,
0: that's, I'm, I'm taking a big shot there. I hope I'm right. They're not, <laughs> they are not be on the same side of the bracket. We'll see. But I'm, that's what I'm counting on is if not one of those two teams is going to win the national title this year. I really believe that. I, I really sh- do.
2: I sure hope you're right. I hope they're both grooving it down the fairway at Greyhawk. You can groove it with the Groove It Brush, the wet club scrub, quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. Put a little water in the end. Stays on your bag via a magnet that is strong enough to hold all your golf club Clubs from a ceiling fan. It is a strong, strong magnet. You cannot live any longer without the Groove It Brush. Head over to groovitbrush.com. They've got them back in stock. They are shipping now. Use our promo code 73rd hole to get yourself 10% off the Groove It uh, Brush, the Wet Club Scrub. Head over there now. brush.com Guys, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Phil Mickelson. Speaking uh, of Liv. Back in the news. Speaking <laughs> of Liv. Yep. Is he still there? He, he's he's still, still around. He's still in the News. So, Phil Mickelson announced the other day, his agent, his publicist, whoever yep. announced that he has applied uh, for the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. Also, that he has applied for an exemption into the first Live Golf uh, Series event, which is the week before the U.S. Yep. Open in London. Yep. So, There are reports that it's trending in the direction that he might play all eight live events. I want to remind everybody, the PGA Tour is expected to grant exemptions
1: into the first live event in London. And the reason why is because the first one is opposite the Canadian Open. Now... And and and, the, and and it's not in North America. And it's not in North America. Yes. Now, we're really going to find out if the PGA Tour is going to suspend or ban Phil Mickelson. I think he's suspended right now, and the 90 days will be up before the PGA. But we're really going to find out when the live event in Portland is opposite the John Deere, and Phil plays in Portland, if – what the PGA Tour does. Right,
2: because at that point, if you're playing without the exemption granted, then you're going against the PGA Tour. And it is in the PGA Tour bylaws that they will not uh, grant competing tour exemptions in North America while PGA Tour events are being played. That's been in the PGA Tour bylaws for a long, long time. Uh, Taylor, what do you think about the Phil news that we've gotten this week? And, I mean, kind of one thing that surprised me, they didn't have to announce. Like, the only people we know for sure... Are going to be there? Are Garrigus and Phil are the only ones who have announced? Also, the, the other fifteen Colby, or so, we're clear, just guessing.
1: Make it clear that the the PGA announcement doesn't mean they're going to play.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Just because like Tiger Jaime and Phil, Diaz
1: came out and said that he thinks that it's a long shot that Tiger plays at Southern.
2: Yeah, I mean, you register so that you can be in the field. You, you there's it's, a registration deadline you have to meet. It doesn't mean it's a formality. Yeah, formality. It's a formality. So uh, Taylor, the the Phil news alongside Live this week. Your thoughts. Yeah, so so essentially, like the registration said, essentially, if you don't register,
0: you have no chance of playing, and if you register, you at least give yourself an opportunity to play. So the the thing I'll say on that is, it's definitely a good sign that they did register because at least they're they're thinking about it. It's not a foregone conclusion that Phil won't be at Southern. What's really good, as opposed to the the live golf tournament and the exemptions, I mean, you guys are right on the money. The big deal is that, like you said, the first one's in London, so it doesn't conflict with the North America um thing. So it's very similar to. Like back in the day before the uh, European – or I'm sorry, the DP World Tour as it's called now, the PJ Tour became buddy-buddy. All the players would go play the uh, Scottish Open way before the British Open. So it's a very similar concept to that. And essentially since – I do believe I was reading somewhere where I lived off technically isn't a, a, formal, a formal tour yet. So it's not like it's strictly going against competing tours as much as it is just one competing event. And, and you know, the big thing too, guys, is that – PGA Tour players are only allowed three starts on non-Tour events. So, you know, like you mentioned, there, there's eight live events. So, I, I think that, but this first one is going to be interesting. I think Sergio's been rumored in there. Obviously, nothing confirmed on that end yet. So, we'll see what what names end up getting out there. But, but I do agree that it's going to turn into a more kind of logistical nightmare. <laughs> excuse me, once the uh, Pumpkin Ridge tournament comes around, and I do believe. Was well, there two or three other events that are in America too? I think ones at Trump National. I forget where the other one is, but right. but nevertheless, there is um that that'll be where the conflict starts coming in. And uh, I don't know, Woody. I, I think the biggest thing that's going to be telling is is that we're not going to have this mad swoop of, of top players go. But even if we just have a couple, we've already said Phil's one of them. I mean, if Sergio goes and we get a couple of others, there might be a little bit of traction. in this go, Woody. Well, it, you know what it comes down to in this deal, really, guys. It's Jay Monahan has a sledgehammer. Greg Norman and the Saudis got this little tack hammer. Okay, <laughs> if Monahan, if Monahan wants to shut this tour down, he can swing that sledge at any point. Okay, and he can kill this tour. This tour will die immediately if they keep that going like they're saying so what you're saying
1: you're you're saying that if they issue suspensions or bans but that these players are still allowed to play in major championships that the majors decide that they can play but the pga tour says they can't right you 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 think that that will kill the tour the live i think it'll kill the tour okay i think it'll kill the live tour i i just
0: I just think it's golfers. What well, we have to ask ourselves, okay? And 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 this is can we can we saturate the market too much with golf? Yes, you can. I think we played too many events on the PGA tour, just between you and me.
1: Okay, Taylor, Goops I'd said like that. to
0: see us take more. I would like to see take more weeks off and uh, build the you know the, the excitement uh, so that we had more exciting golf events. So, like this week, for example, we, Woody,
2: we could have taken this week off as, as I watched like Jonathan Bird rolling an eight-footer. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's it, our it, guy, Country Club
0: be Collections be because, guy. Well, and you know what, guys? That doesn't help our game if we saturate the market. It really doesn't. Uh, now, we've got the Champions Tour. If you want to watch some older guys still play, they can play. Don't get me wrong. I tried to play it a little while. But if you think they can't play, you're wrong. They can all play golf. <laughs> But we're all talking about if we want to keep that top ten guys, and we know who they all are. We don't have time to listen, but we know who they are. If we want to keep them in America, then I think Jay Monahan will have to drop that sledge, or he'll have to get those guys to agree we're just not going to go to that tour, which they said they're not, even if they throw an you know, abundance of money out there, which you know they're going to. But I'd like to see two or three of these lib. What, what's the lib stand for? Do we know? Um, it's uh, supposed to be Roman nu- Roman numeral fifty-four. So, oh, is it? Um, yeah, okay. so it's supposed to be like the amount of holes that there because they're only playing three-round events. So, it's, okay, uh, well, I don't know what genius thought of that, but that's uh, <laughs> now I know why why I asked. I shouldn't ask, That's stupid. Uh, but uh, let's go on to the next <laughs> point. Okay, uh, if, if if we look at that tour and we want to kill that tour. Our commissioner, has, he can kill that tour at any time. That's all I'm going to tell you guys. At any time, he doesn't want them around, he can squash them. Just keep that yeah. in mind.
1: Woody, my last point on this is I don't think that the PGA Tour and the majors will ever be at odds on this. I think that eventually, if it ever did happen, that they the PGA Tour mm-hmm. banned Phil for going to the Live Tour, especially we'll see after Portland. I, I think that Especially the PGA of America would just follow whatever the PGA Tour does. We'll see what the Masters – the Masters kind of does their own deal sometimes. But well, and,
2: and you know the R&A has already shown a little bit of a support for the PGA Tour in this deal because when the Live Golf Series Tour, whatever, with Greg Norman, when they announced their big deal with the Asian Tour in the fall, their big agreement, well, and all this stuff coming don't together.
1: Of course they don't like it because it's taking it, – it's, it's across the pond.
2: Well, and, and what the R&A did is when Live partnered with Asian Tour – um, the rna got rid of the automatic exemption for the asian tour qualifier into the there open you go. so they can, it, go. That, well, they can kill it that is a so show of support too, yeah yeah that that well, is a show of support for the pga tour and let me just say this
0: to you guys and i'll i'll, I'll leave it at this with this statement i am a slut and if they called me and want me to play one of those i'm in <laughs>
3: So tell Greg
0: Norman if you got any connections. I, I'll go ahead and go make a few million. I don't care.
1: <laughs> but Jim, I'm not, Word, I'm Jim not Woodward, Jim Woodward, needle mover. Jim Woodward versus <laughs> Anthony Kim. Match play. There yeah. you go. Winner takes off. There you go. Well, I would take
0: so much money to watch that. <laughs> <Me probably. too.
4: laughs>
0: so I what, mean, I'll, I'll go out there and make a few million. That wouldn't bother me in the least. I, well, I don't. I'm not going to hurt the PGA Tour. But but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. There, you know Robert Garrigus. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It was Phil
1: Mickelson and Robert Garrigus were the names. I
0: mean, come on, guys! It's uh, now you can. You're going to probably see Lee Westwood. You're going to probably see him Poulter. You're going to probably see Sergio. You'll probably see more Europeans play that tour off the bat than you will Americans. And um, I don't know how much how much money do you throw at something before you just go, yeah, this ain't working. Yeah, that's a great question.
2: That's a great question. Yeah,
0: and I, I, I know the Saudis have got a lot of money. So uh, um, we talked about it the last time. Greg Norman's not a Pied Piper. He's not going to bring all those really first-class players here to
2: Yeah, absolutely. So they're all trying to uh, make some money. You can save some money. Go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry, they go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible, delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. They do it all. Implants, clear aligner, orthodontics. Give them a call. All decisions are made by the patient. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Check them out. Ring Family Dentistry. Guys, we touched on it briefly. There,
1: there is a PGA Tour event this week. It's being <laughs> hey, played right now. We're watching this I course right now. Fairy, I, I have never, you know, woken up this early on a Thursday to watch, a, you know, regular tour event. But I'm watching this course right now, guys, and it looks like a course that would fit my eye. You think so? It looks beautiful. It it literally looks like you can blast driver anywhere you want. So it's a big golf course. This is very
2: different from Chapultepec. In years past, they've played the WGC Mexico Open. It's not a WGC this year, as evidenced by the strength of field. Chapultepec is at like 10,000 feet elevation. They're doing all this math. They're like 22 feet above sea level this year at a course called Vedanta down here in Mexico. I mean, we've got Cameron Champ as one of the top 10 guys in odds i think abraham answer had the second best odds tied with like gary woodland john Rahm is so far and away the best player in this field <laughs> guys he was three to one to win this golf tournament and john Rahm hasn't won in almost a calendar year and then you have to go like nine yeah. months back before that i mean and he is a three to one favorite to win the golf tournament this week he's two under through his first four holes uh taylor who did you run out in the one and done uh was there anything you liked about this field or this golf tournament this week
0: um, to answer your question, no, not really, no. I, um, no, absolutely not. Um, I ran out Sebastian Munoz in the field. I really like what I've seen for him ball striking wise the last few weeks, especially with his iron play. Um, and he's actually, he started putting better. I believe his last five rounds, each round, or I'm sorry, each five tournament, he's gotten better with his putting. So I ran out Munoz but, uh, but yeah, guys, I mean, you look at the strength of the field, you got Rahm, you got the answer. Berger had the withdrawal with a back injury pretty funny that, that Daniel Berger only has to withdraw from a back and strength of fields that aren't very good. Um, he withdrew from the Pebble, and now the Mexico Open, you don't see him withdrawing from the players or the Masters or anything like that. So that back injury is very picky when it wants
1: to flare up. What was I don't the strength of field this week, TW? Did you have
0: well, it? Well, it's through the game. I got it right in
1: front of me. So which one y'all wants to start? I'll start. I'll say 180. Um... Man, I don't think it's that high. I, I think we're probably—I
2: don't either. I think we're probably one forty, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
0: where I'm going. About one forty. It is 151, <laughs> 151. one fifty-one, guys. One fifty-one with the
1: number two player in the world yeah, field. Right. It, that's hey, all, John. Wrong.
2: For
0: comparison, for comparison's sake, you know, we, we rip on Pebble Beach for being such a weak strength of field earlier in the year. That was around the one eighty range. So it's uh, this strength of field. Is even working, You know, guys, one thing I'll say, too, and this may be something that the sure have to look at later on down the road, and I understand that COVID had a lot to do with this, but it just seems like, guys, I'll give Y'all, give you a quick opinion on this. It just seems like the, the, the strength of fields whenever the PJ Tour tries to go outside of the United States isn't very good. I mean, we, we noticed the Barracuda Baracu- uh, last year strength of field of 69 or whatever. So I don't know, guys. I think that's something the occurred within the next, five to ten years may have to look at because for whatever reason these international uh, terms just aren't getting the field that they want
1: it's because what if you agree with this i think it's because all the good dates on the pga tour are in the continental united states and they give the you know extra dates like this one in between the masters and the pga to um new tournaments
0: well and i think that if you want to have that many events during a year you got to fill them somewhere, and that's the best way to do it is to go overseas to try to build golf in other places and, and that's why maybe I'm being a little cruel when I say let's just not have a week it, but it wouldn't be the end of the world guys to take a week off now and then from golf It, it just really would i mean there's there's still LPPA, there's still corn ferry going on theres there's still golf, but uh, you know do we have to play this many weeks really I mean what do we really gain when we do it?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you're you could have, any viewers. I know that. I think that you could have twenty percent fewer tournaments. Make all the purses at the other tournaments go up twenty percent with the money that you're yeah, saving you from go. not h- holding so many tournaments, and then you get better there fields with bigger players. Although I think it'd be better for the, the game only of golf.
1: thing I'll play devil's advocate real quick is right now it is harder, much much harder to get onto the PGA tour from the corporate tour than it is to. Lose your PGA Tour card. No, you're
2: right. You're right. So I, I mean, there, there's I
1: certainly agree. that yeah. element of it. But. So there's that element. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. and and again, that's why you don't have an alternate when one guy just not playing good. Hey, you want to get on the PGA Tour, play better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's as simple as that. And if you've got to go to the Mexican Open to stay on the PGA Tour, uh, yeah, well, okay, I'll move on. Um, I sound like I'm just being mean today. I must have woke up on the wrong side of the. It's a rainy day, morning. It's a rainy morning. I'm just depressed. But I just I just don't – I hate when you try to let people get on a on – a, whatever league it is. I mean, I just hate it when you kind of you soften it up, okay? Either you're really good or you're not. There's 125 guys. Just play better and be one of them. And if you are one of them, life's great. And if you're not, figure out how to get to be one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Who was your pick this week? One and done. Oh, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, obviously John Rom was my pick to win the tournament, but I'm not going to use John Rom uh, in this tournament. So I went down the list and figured this would be a good week to pick our man. And
0: then we're gonna find our best friend, Doug, and then we're
1: gonna give him a best friend hug.
2: Doug,
1: Doug. Um, Doug is going to give the Longhorns something to cheer about this week.
2: Oh, okay. Look at that with the Texas connection. So you're telling me that he's going to be right in it on the back nine and (laughs) lose by a couple? (laughs) Maybe so. I would take (laughs) it. (laughs) He's (laughs) weak. He's weak. (laughs) (laughs) I ran out Bear this week. Gary Woodland. Okay. Had a couple of good finishes. He was right there at the Honda until he uh, pulled out the old 15 handicap chunk out of the front greenside bunker. (laughs) So hopefully Gary Woodland uh, can get it back under wraps this week. (laughs) Tyler, your boy Sebastian Munoz, Two under through three. He's rolling. I might finally get on that hot streak I've been talking about for three years, guys. I think it's coming sooner rather
0: than later. Every week, Taylor's going to start that new new (laughs)
2: epic hot streak. So, uh, great stuff, fellas. That's, uh, I think, all the time that we have today. Thank you to Coach Hippel. Awesome, awesome interview. Great coach. Great college golf in the state of Oklahoma. And a reminder to everybody to head over to GolfOklahoma.org where you can get all of the latest content and updates. Uh, Woody, Taylor, great stuff. Sam, you as well. Thanks, everybody for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.